People deluded, I'm back again. Come on, Ian. Come on. for that Ian Wright people deluded I'm back again thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time happy Friday people appreciative to you lot on Twitch make sure you're following you know we're playing football manager to take football manager today obviously smash the like button comment subscribe it's an all-inclusive platform it's an interactive live stream again any thoughts questions talking points feel no sort of way hope everyone's had a great week and I hope you're having a great start to the to the weekend obviously it's bank holiday business where the United Kingdom is concerned and actually, where we're concerned, it's a great Friday because Nina with the Nina Nines has dropped to absolute madness with this crop circle thing. I can't lie, people. You know, I span it for a fourth time because I'm listening to the tape, it? And this song for Bella is elite, it's elite, man. Shout out Nina, man. But yeah, big up you lot and my YouTube channel members. DG, I can't lie. Everyone is saying we need Rice and Kaiseido, but I disagree. I think we need Rice and Zuba Mendy. Zuba is the move. Zuba Mendy, from what I can see, can go straight into that six and Rice walks into the eight. <clears throat> one of the three, two of the three, bring them in it. And if you don't get any of them, bring the next one. I've said I prefer Zuba Mendy out of all of them. I like them all. I just think Zuba Mendy, one thing that attracts me is I know with the Spanish players, it's hard to price team players away because they're quite loyal. And obviously, they've always got one eye and ear open to the big ones in Barca and Madrid and obviously Atletico. Zuba Mendy, where Barcelona are concerned, they've been on the offensive charm, calling him the next Zuba Mendy, calling him the next Busquets. Apologies. Busquets has been gassing him as well. Obviously, he's in the Spanish national team. Um, I like Zubamendi. I think he's he's deceivingly a lot more physical than people give him credit for. I think he's good in the air. I think his passing range is good. Obviously, he's ready to slot into the sixth role, as you just said there. He's got a release clause of 50 million odd euros, in it? So that means there is no... Unless we want to negotiate not to pay that up front, that means... Like with Partey, you pay the release clause, that's your player. Obviously, with Declan Wright, all the players that we're linked with are going to be wanted by everybody, in it? But... Where they're concerned, all we need to do is, in theory, agree personal terms. Where Declan Rice is concerned, 
it's 75 to 100 million and as much as Arsenal the front runners etc and I don't doubt it we saw with Mudrick and, and Cody Gakpo to United where players actually go to where they're actually linked with are two different things really with Rice you're gonna have to play the game now obviously his contract is running down but if you're West Ham and you have the luxury of extending his contract I don't think Declan Rice will want to leave like a coward unless his hands is for, hands are forced and he leaves you know he leaves on a free but you're not going to be in a rush to necessarily get Declan Rice out the door, in it. If Arsenal bid 70, 80 million, you might get on the phone to your, you know, your colleagues at Chelsea, etc., and say, listen, there's an 80 million bid. Do you want to match it or better? Provoke a bidding war. With Caicedo, evidently they've tied down the man's contract, right? And are going to be in Europe in some capacity. You know, they they they're playing a lot better as a club. They're in a stronger position, really. I think Caicedo wants to leave, but I think he's more happy to stay at his club then um, then Declan Rice with West Ham and you can't rule out him actually staying at West Ham everything's up for debate but as I always say whether you're going to get Onana, Caicedo, Zubamendi, Lavia, Joe Bloggs, this guy, that guy just make sure we get an eight and a six because we can't afford to have you're never going to do everything in the transfer market as we know but you need you need you need in fact we need to address midfield again I like Xhaka and Partey and we're going to get into the uncomfortable conversations in a sec I believe in both of them. I think the pivot is good. I think they're both going to need to be utilised next year. But I think that pivot has kind of, I don't think it's hit its ceiling, but I think it's hit its ceiling for, for one of other terms, if I'm completely honest with you. Caicedo can be our Rodri. I think Zubamendi can be our Rodri. Slash Fabinho, he's the one to help bridge the gap. And even that, even though I believe in Rice and Caicedo, and they are, it depends where you are with experience, because in many ways, Caicedo is very experienced and so is Rice, but they're not. And at the same time, we're going to rock in the champs where they haven't been there. Have you seen the Casemiro links to Bayern? Apparently, Tuchel wants him. I have, but he's just joined Man United and you're not going to get them. You know, I don't think United, will be in a, even though he's gone for a poor bit of form like Partey, I don't think Man United are going to force him out. I don't think he's going to want to leave Man United after a season. Fair enough, he picked up a trophy. I think that's a myth, man. Them man do look a bit fatigued at the moment. But we played less games than the teams like City. I think we're more mentally fatigued than anything. Zubamendi is cheaper than both. Arteta can convince him. We can sign Messi and Mbappe, but can we learn to deal with the pressure? Otherwise, it's the same old story again. I hear that. Transfers is one thing, but the psychology of the team is another. Like you said, and this is what I was saying yesterday, in that, yes, signings need to be made, but that's half the job. A big reason as to why we're having the season we're having, for better or worse, is because of what we've, obviously, we've brought in players, but it's what we've done on the on the training ground, you know, with Arteta, with this indirect three at the back, with Zinchenko doing what he's doing, Xhaka in the new role, etc. Now we need to take that and make it even better. Evidently, we need to be a bit more street smart. We need to improve in all assets, assets, aspects, sorry, of defending, how we see out games, how we take the sting out of games away from home, how we manage the first and last 10 minutes of either half, things like that, because we're going to be in the champs. Premier League, there's more expectation next year. So I think that's the thing, you know, if signings were everything, such as the turnaround, in theory, we'd have one of the best defences in the league, which technically we don't, but we do, in the sense of, we, if you look at it, we've signed quite a lot of defenders, really. So we just need to keep working, really. So, again, signings are only half the job. If signings were it, Chelsea would be bullying City right now. And, all you know, Spurs, Arsenal, United, we all be doing what City is doing. Signings are only half the job. Sorry, folks, just making a timestamp. Just hope Pep... 
Just hope the Pep schooling makes Arteta be flexible in his game. And you know what? With that, yeah, let's get into the uncomfortable conversations. Now, I, I made that the title because I would I just sit here sometimes and conversate with myself and consider many Arsenal talking points. And I think it was JB who commented it, and it, and it, it, it in my comment section on one of my vids. And keep your thoughts, smash the like button, people. It made me start thinking in relation to the City game. Were we arrogant or were we naive? And what I mean by that is managers need to find balance, but you do need to be stubborn. You know, if Arteta wasn't stubborn, he wouldn't have the team he has right now. And that goes for Pep, that goes for Alex Ferguson, that goes for Jose. You need to be stubborn in your belief, but it's a double-edged sword because you also need to be flexible in things. So it made me think, were we naive or were we stubborn, really and truly, um, or arrogant, really, for want of better terms? Because I don't think Pep Guardiola, if we look at the game against City, I don't think Pep abandoned his tactics i don't think he abandoned his principles but if you look at the language with kevin de bruyne with bernardo silva and with pep they were thinking about arsenal a lot more than than you know they're giving credit for you know going into the game obviously arsenal are the ones that are going to have to contain city but if you listen to what specifically he said sorry people in fact one sec why is the ethernet cable not in apologies people apologies I don't know what happened there, but let's slap that back in there. So, yeah, as I was saying, you know, obviously a team, anyone that plays City, you got to think about them. They're the more dominant side, yada, yada, yada. But when you listen to what Pep said, what the players have said, you know, on top of psychologically we weren't at it, you know, I don't know where we're at because when you look at Pep, and actually John Stones, you know, John Stones actually winning a header for the last goal and just kicking it long in the, for the first goal led to it. Um, and, they, you know, John Stones even said himself, he's like, we knew we couldn't play the way we wanted to play. We knew we'd have to be a lot more direct as a football team. And they did exactly that when they were going direct into Harlem people. So was it a thing where, Pep, as I wrote in my notes, Pep didn't abandon his principles, but was he humble enough to consider our threats and obviously act accordingly and ultimately neutralise them? And were we arrogant not to tailor our game per se. I don't know where you lot are at with that, people. As I said, Pep went very direct. Stone said it. Kevin De Bruyne, obviously, when Xhaka was pressing, trying to win possession, all party was capitalising in that vacant space. They knew they knew we'd attempt to go man for man as well. So I'm not too sure, really. You know, were we naive or arrogant? Pep did respect us and he found that healthy balance and he's shown why he's the master, really. For us, obviously, until it's mathematically impossible to win the league, we need to keep going. For me, it is gone. I don't know what mathematics are saying, but if we could get 90, 90 odd points, that would be good and just maintain where we are in the table. And obviously, the, the league is gone, in my opinion. But the least you can do is 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 start winning again because we ain't done that in four games. But start winning so that City, City already know they have to win all their games. Make sure that every game they have to win their games. And that starts on Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever we're playing Chelsea next week, we will be doing a watch along for it. So were, were we naive? Were we arrogant? I'm not too sure, man. Agreed. You can tell they studied the game plan to compare to us seem non-existent. Arsenal were very naive, in my honest opinion. I don't think it's only the players Arteta got destroyed tactically. I disagree, you know, if I'm honest with you. I don't. I, I, I think he got destroyed at the Emirates when Bernardo Silva went in. I think we was naive. I think the players psychologically weren't at it. Um, and I think it was we just, you know, we went into a we went into a gun battle with a with a with a with a blunt knife essentially. So you are right to a degree. I just think Pep did his homework, and I'm not going to say Arteta didn't do his homework, but between Arteta's inability to 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 you know filter through that what we needed to do on the pitch or the players' inability to go out and act, I'm not too sure. But City was street smart. They found the balance of exploiting the qualities, the individual qualities of Kevin De Bruyne and, and Harlan, even Harlan's assisting in that, and they went a lot more direct. We tried to go direct, but the difference is you know with respect to Jesus for, for not the biggest of guy he can be a physical problem but 
if 10 balls are put forward to him in a game like City against someone like Diaz, he's only going to win two, three of them. So you're winning battles, but you're not winning the war. And and it's just and it's just going straight back down to us. So I do think it's I don't think there's one single reason as to why the game unfolded as it is. I think it's more of a cocktail pause and a fixture as to a, a, a mixture. Sorry, as to why it happened. Pet, you got to respect people. You know, if you go into a fight, even if you think you can thump that guy over and he's he's big, he's smaller than you, slower than you ever, you need to respect him or you're going to be dealt with a surprise. Double pivot of Jorginho and Xhaka and a front five of Martinelli, Trossard, Odegaard, Saka, Jesus. I'm not really with the Jorginho, Xhaka pivot, if I'm honest with you. DG spitting right now. Pep tailored his game to expose Arsenal's weaknesses and enhance City's strengths. Big up Zims. Make sure you're following him on Twitch. Rodri's a baller. Rodri's a baller. I don't understand why we bought Kirill but continue to play holding though. I think with the Kirio signing, it's more long term of what we're doing. I don't know if this guy will ever show his quality, but you'd imagine he's someone that in a year or years to come pressures um, Gabriel for that spot. And it ties in with what we're doing now. If we look at what we found ourselves in, a title challenger, and we look in January, we brought in Jorginho, we brought in Trossart. Trossart's the poster boy. Jorginho had his good games and was kind of unfortunate to be on the bench. You could actually exp ex uh, extend that to Trossart. But at the same time, you, you, I agree, it's like you're looking at it and thinking, and I weren't screaming until I saw Saliba's injury. I weren't screaming right-sided centre-back, but that's why Arteta's the gaffer and I'm hearing it because he's meant to consider these things. Um, maybe potentially we could have got a right-sided centre-back in, 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 in January. And although I think Kirio is more going to be here long-term than, than Rob Holding, not to diss Rob Holding or praise Rob Holding, he's more experienced. Arteta probably knows what he's getting a bit more with, with Holding. You saw Holding wearing the captain band. And maybe Kirill, for whatever reason, not that he's playing bad in training, but whether it's learning the language, adapting to the calibre of club, adapting to the tactics, he might just not look it in training. Sometimes that's that's why people are not playing, if I'm honest with you. Personally, yeah, the league is done for me too. Love to be proven wrong. But the young coffee is that we need to bet, defend better wise, defend, defending wise, got to get midfield sorted and, and right back, even right sided centre back. And I hear people like, oh my God, if, if, if Tommy Asu wasn't injured, this wouldn't happen. If some buts, who knows what would have happened. But again, one criticism of Tommy Asu is you can't bet on his fitness. So we should have knew what time it was really and truly. If I'm honest, we never got unlucky, man. Injuries happen to everyone. We didn't get unlucky. We weren't unlucky. I mean, to be fair, the players were unlucky in how they got injured. But we know we've got a decent 11. We don't really have the squad. I don't believe in that really and truly. I don't think we're unlucky because we saw it last season. I don't buy the unlock luck, if I'm honest. Pep outsmarted Arteta by playing a flat back four. I don't even think it was necessarily a flat back four. As you've seen all season, City's system is interchanging. You know, Diaz was probably the most stationary, but you saw a Kanji playing a, a hybrid Roberto Carlos left-back row and centre-back at times. You know, Grealish was holding the whip and then coming inside. Harlem was dropping. Kevin De Bruyne was playing slightly different and was really running in behind and exploiting the spaces. I think, it was, you know, Stones was playing as a right-back, as a centre-back, stepping into midfield. And it's John Stones, actually, who's played a key role in us conceding a couple of them goals, if I'm completely honest. But that's why Pep's Pep in it. And as I keep saying, as great as City are on the ball, it's off the ball that tells the picture. It's off the ball that they're way more impressive, if I'm honest, man. So, yeah, man, it is it is, it is what it is in that regards. Um, I think this is the cost of a young squad of managers. They're a step behind City in experience. I hear that. Agree. Oh, sorry, I already saw that. I feel Jorginho should have started over Xhaka. Having more control in midfield would have given us a better chance. You know what? I cut Xhaka a bit of slack because you weren't exactly fit. You had a bit of an illness and things, but I do think that pivot has taken us as far as it comes. Don't get it twisted. I want to see it next season. I think both should be used in the squad, but I think we've hit our ceiling there. 
lurking in the stream today. How are you doing, Deluded? I'm great, man. I hope you're doing better. Big up, DG. Do you trust Mikel Arteta to manage game time of a bigger squad? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't believe in game time for, for game time's purposes. You know, if life was fair, we'd all have a lot less. I'm sure Mikel Arteta, within that 20-odd squad, I'm sure he would want to give Fabio Vieira, Smith-Rowe, Nelson, this guy, that guy more minutes. I'm sure he would want to distribute it evenly. I'm sure the same with Pepe, et cetera, and, and all the clubs. But in life, if we all had, if, if if life was fair, we'd all have a lot less. And I don't think you can have it all. You can't give everyone game time, you know, and do what we're doing this year in terms of stability and getting results. The first job is to get three points. If I'm a manager, the first thing I need to do is get three points. Because if I don't, like you saw with City, it's question marks over me. Obviously, you need to play the game and keep, arguably, it's the players that are on the fringes that you might need to keep happier than the ones that are playing. So it all depends. Brent won love. For the remaining five games, or at least the next game, don't play parties in Chenko holding. I'm not too sure about that, man. We're going to have to play them. Surely a season like this is going to get Stan to put his hand in his pocket. To be fair, I hear you, but Stan Kroenke has put his hand in his pocket. You know, I think in the last 12, 18 months, any successes or failures we've had in the transfer market has been because of Edu and Arteta. You know, in the summer, we did well to bring in what we did. We, you know, we didn't get Lissandro Martinez. We got Zinchenko for that left back role. We left ourselves short with Douglas Luiz or the failed pursuit of Douglas Luiz, let alone the timing. So you sign up for games like at Old Trafford, really and truly. January, yeah, we got trust after the failings of Mudrick, but again, we're, we're going after Caicedo in the last window. There's been money there. You know, they haven't been able to do it. In the last two years, 18 months, you can say what we want about the Cron case. I don't think you can, not that there's protests and all of that jazz anymore, but I don't think you can just sit here and attack them and say it's all them and things like that. DJ, I think we need a PMP winger for that right wing spot. I think the RB from Leverkusen can push Saka in that role. Why not, man? Big up DG. I think Arsenal need a minimum of three midfielders. For the last three years, we've needed at least two with extra proper competition. There's no room for the likes of El Nene, in my honest opinion. Unpopular opinion. I think long term we should move away from El Nene, but I think El Nene can hang around like a spare part at least for a year. I think this summer we need to get two. I'd love three. We need to get two midfielders. Probably between Jan of 2024 and summer of 2024, we're going to need to probably phase out a couple, really. You look at a bit like Mikel Arteta. Mikel Arteta, Balogun and Partey all contracted until 2025. One would suspect Arteta gets a new and improved deal once again. But um, decisions have to be made, really and truly. And where Jorginho, El Nene, Granit and Partey are, are, I'm not saying to sell everyone, but we've probably got to begin the process of filtering them out, replacing them before they need kind of replacing in a way that, indirectly at this for this year at least Tommy Asu's been removed by Benjamin White in that right back role Tini's been replaced by Zinchenko while still in the squad we need to keep kind of that sort of thing if I'm honest with you look big up let's activate man said I heard one of your team talks and you told us to be comfortable being uncomfortable big words gaff we have to if we want to have obviously it's not going to end the way I would like it to but if we want to be here you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable like in life man appreciate you look checked in Yet to recover from the mauling. You've got to accept it now, man. It's happened, man. Smash the like button, YouTube ones, elite talking points, etc. etc. Seems loyal enough to stick around for a squad role. And then they bro, again, I give the example of winter. You know, if it's winter times, you want the luxury of having too many jackets, and you can say, you know what, let me leave that one in the car. Nine times out of ten, we've been going out there with a hoodie and a gilet, and we've been like, oh, if it, if temperature drops a bit, we're in trouble. I don't think we can have wholesale changes. It's not FIFA, even though, of course, there's a lot of players I'd flush out and bring better players in. But we're not, you know, we finally got a bit of stability. You're going to kill that if you sell four midfielders, bring in four midfielders. No, we're like that. Do you think City will drop points? Yeah, but it's down to Arsenal to take advantage. And I think there's just too much room for error. We knew Xhaka wasn't fit, but played him. Jorginho, who Arteta wanted to sign from City days, was on the bench. 
bro, we're in need of six or seven players who can start in the squad like City, who have 18. We only have 14. El Nene, Lokonga, Jorginho, I'd move on. Rice, Caicedo, Gunduan in. I don't think we'll sign Gunduan, but why not? It reminded me of how Liverpool used to defend versus City. Akanji and Walker staying wide, uptight against the wingers, being very aggressive and physical. City won every individual battle all across the field. Saka pocketed, Martinelli anonymous, Jesus not on nothing. Midfield disillusion. They made us lose our heads. And again, that City game shows us tactically where we need to go. Find margins, what we need to improve on. The fact is, football's a 90-minute game. You need to be perfect for it. Psychologically, how you prepare yourself. Impact of subs off that bench. You know, how you actually play when it's not your day and you're going to lose. And ultimately, for me, you know, life is not a movie, really. These players have been good. But as I keep telling you, there's sometimes where you see sometimes good isn't good enough. And some players just can't take us to where we're going. They can be part of the squad, but they can't help us, really. And we lived or died by this. We saw last year, around April, how we crumbled. We saw as a part of that, we didn't have players. And we need to improve defending. Wasn't long ago, Arsenal fans wanted Kronke, Edu and Arteta out. Things change, man. You know, things change. Man, what a season it is. We do need a, a, a six-foot-plus striker, especially if, like City, where I don't get it. Maybe it's nerves, but... We're just clearing our lines and we're not winning the first or second balls. But you have Jesus, so it doesn't make sense. You're not playing to his strengths. It's like having a six-foot man and playing it into his feet. I mean, sorry, playing it in behind for him to run onto. You're not using the tools properly. I didn't hear age when all was fine. Don't use that excuse now. I don't know for anyone else, but unfortunately, my guy, I think you're a liar. I think Arsenal have been waffling about the fact of, you know, Arsenal fans have been waffling about how young this side is and how young the manager is and all of these things, it, regardless, really and truly. So I think you're lying. I can't, I don't know who you talk to and whatnot. I haven't used it as an excuse. I've literally said it's not an excuse because we're old enough to learn. That being said, old habits do die hard. It takes forever to promote good habits. And age is a thing, really and truly. You look at the city, team when I look at people like Harlan and Folden they're experienced but they're not necessarily old this is where I say where I somewhat agree with you in that you're old enough to learn from your mistakes but age does play a part experience is overrated in my opinion it can't be overstated so I'm not too sure what you're maybe you're talking to someone in the chat City don't need to fear us you just need to win the game I don't think City City feared not in the forest I don't give a flying monkeys who fears us who doesn't because reality is that game was that game was lost because we were scared but we could have done a lot better. You get fear. City shouldn't fear a damn team in this league because they've been bullying it. But then again, fear keeps you alive, really. So it all depends where you look at. I would love Ivan Tony, not just his physicality, but he's a bit of a scumbag. This team needs it. Yeah, and we might we might all get rich if he if he makes an anonymous account and starts, you know, telling us the betting tips. Fine line with recruiting. Even Wenger said signing more than three players destabilizes the squad. I think second place is probably where we belong for now. City are too elite in crunch time. I hear that. I don't know about FIFA 2024, whatever that means, man. But yeah, man, make sure you're subscribed and all of that sort of thing. And then they can do a job. I do think, once again, City could drop points, but it's down to us to take advantage of them. And well, it's easier said than done. You've got Chelsea who lamp struggling under Lampard. They probably want to add further insult to injury where our squad is concerned. Um, you know, then you've, you've in no order, you've got Brighton, Newcastle, Nottingham Forest, Wolves, I'm sure, fighting for their lives. Chelsea, it's easier said than done, essentially, man. And as great as City are and, and all of those things, it was in our hands. We didn't help ourselves. You have to help yourself, uh, if I'm honest with you. Really. Sorry, I'm going in on the comments. DG Therapy Sessions is active. Last point, we need our Alison Van Dyke and Fabinho signings to bridge the gap. I hear that, and it would help us. 
But before Liverpool, definitely where Alisson and Van Dijk are concerned, I can't talk for Fabinho. But if you remember when Klopp first came in, they did suffer a lot of injuries as they were trying to play that high-intensity ball. But if you remember, Liverpool were quite naive. They would play from minute zero to minute 90 exactly the same way. And that was obviously not, it's not sensible. They started to improve defensively. And when I say defensively, I evidently mean defending, but I also talking about game management, street smartness, all of that stuff. They started to change their outlook on that and change their system via the training ground. Then they brought in Alisson and Van Dijk, which obviously helps and enhances the system because you can sign the best centre-back you want or the best defensive mid. If we don't respect certain aspects of the game, it's going to be a mess, really and truly. Look at Lissandro Martinez, cold centre-back, but for a lot of the time, United have been effing about defensively. It doesn't matter how good he is to a degree. You're only one man, essentially. Chelsea at home, Brighton home, Newcastle away. If, we on, if only we buy quality players, we challenge. Not necessarily true. What would you say is the main reason for this end-of-season slump, DG? Probably a bit gassed out, probably mentally fatigued. A lot of the problems that were there when we were winning games have reared its head and you can't always escape that. Ultimately, psychologically, haven't, haven't dealt with it well enough psychologically. You look at the last four games in particular, very complacent against West Ham, very emotional um, against Southampton, very defeative mindset against City. If you're at credit to Liverpool, if you're at Anfield and you're two goals up, you need to manage the game in it on, on inability to do that. Now it's the ugly part of the season and stem ugly aspects that have been there. We've gotten away with it against Bournemouth, against Aston Villa. The Man United game at home could have went either way. You know, and there's been plenty of others. For me as well, not exactly respecting the art of defending. And again, you look at Brighton away, you look at Leicester at home, several times where we've, we've gotten away with it. That's why I'm not surprised by the goals we've conceded. With the players that you have, you definitely have, you definitely outperformed. You might need to sign better players immediately. I hear that. And I do agree with a sense of overperforming, but I disagree with it as well in a sense of we've got there on, on merit, in it? Like, I mean, we've got there because of what we've done, winning the games. Like, nobody is where they are. Obviously, the table doesn't lie, but it doesn't always tell the truth. But we've done what we've needed to do. We've kind of earned that. So I do think to a degree they've overperformed. But at the same time, I don't. You get what you're rewarded. In the same way, if you're on a joke thing like Chelsea, you're going to be flirting with relegation as unrealistic as it is really and truly. Um, so we're going to have to see. But moving on and, and speaking about unpopular opinions or, or uncomfortable conversations, people, I was sat here this morning just writing notes to myself and I thought I'd come and share them with you lot. I'll start with the fans, including myself. I think for the fans, this is what I've written. For the fans, life is not fair. Life is not a movie. The goal was Champions League. We've done that. That does not take away from the sadness. It's firmly Coach Carter. So the, our theme of this season is Coach Carter. It's Mighty Ducks. And I do think with the fans, and I, I listen, I can't tell people what to think, just think. And I do think there's, what's the, what's the new term on Twitter? Is it copium or whatever? I can't tell you how to cope. But I do think there's a lot of balance. I personally think to some Arsenal fans, opinions and and not opinions sorry expectations are on the floor to some they're ridiculously high neither are right now i'd rather aim for the moons and that than have it on the floor you can do the it's not not I'm, I'm not talking about people being positive but positive to the point where it becomes a bit toxic you can console yourself with the fact of we would we were just we weren't in a lot of people's top four top four shouts all of that jazz and we've done that and excelled it we could probably you know if we get our act together we could get 90 points this could be a season of foundation a season for improvement regardless of how everything else goes and that's great and then also you could either be doing the negative thing where you just look at the fact that it's a missed opportunity to win the league i don't think neither side are fully right or fully wrong the truth is in the middle in that you know we need to be able to take advantage of situations in the same way that 
people sit here and say, oh, you're only there because what you lot are, the other teams are not doing whatever. That's other teams' business. Our job is to win as many games as we can over 38 games. And that's where we found ourselves in a talking point. We need to be able to see when we get into situations like when Leicester won the league, probably the last two times Chelsea, unfortunately, have won the champs. I don't think they expected to win that. But once you get into that or even Frankfurt when they won the Europa, I don't think they expected to win it. But once you get there, you need to take advantage. And there's a degree of, of, of street smartness that's required across all aspect, aspects. And that's cost us in the league and cost us in the knockout ties. I also think one good thing and bad thing about us is we're always on this tomorrow's a bright, a new day thing. And I think that's helped us when we, not not this last part of the season, but when we have dropped points, when we were in better form and we reacted quickly, sometimes there's no tomorrow, it's just today. So I do think there's no real balance within the fan base's opinions. And I do think, you know, when destiny is in your hands, you need to control it. Top four at a point last season was in our hands. We didn't control it. This season, we've used that to fuel us to go and do good things. And we've excelled in that regards. We've never moved from the front four positions. We're doing what we're doing, you know, in other ways and worlds. What Liverpool are doing, what Spurs are doing, what United are doing, Newcastle, that might affect us. But right now, we can sit back. That's what we need to do. And we've got that because we started the season well and maintained and done everything we needed to do. Smash the like button if you haven't done such already. 40 likes, can we get to 100? So when destiny is in your hands, you need to control it, people. And at the end of the day, no matter how great City are, we had variables in our control and we didn't do it. And to be honest, the April period last season, different dynamics, we didn't learn from it. We didn't improve from it. You know, players crumbled. The manager, knew, you know, the manager left it short with the players. And also in the game, you know, psychologically, we didn't really get with it. And again, if you think there's pressure now, there's pressure next year because there's a degree of expectation, whether it's the, the champs. For me, you need to get into the knockouts. You need to kind of do what you've done this year. You're kind of a known entity. People expect certain qualities from you. So now we need to take the good things from now and the bad things from now and improve and obviously adapt. If you're not comfortable with pressure, you know, the players can't have it two ways. You can't want this team to become a better team challenging for trophies and all of that and then expect to just be judged on mediocre things really and truly and i i don't think there's there's balance in the fan base and not to be condescending but i do and it's not an age thing i'm only 28 but i have seen my my team win league titles and i think it's mainly with younger fans that it, you know it's it, it's that positive toxicness and i think it's the older fans that are a bit too negative and there's obviously byproducts but are a bit too negative where it comes to it and i can't blame the younger fans if you ain't seen arsenal win a league title this is probably the best arsenal you've seen and you're obviously going to overdo it really and truly um so i think we need to i don't want to say this is a once in a lifetime opportunity but it might and the players didn't take that i still think regardless of what you talk about city and other dynamics you know we still have that element of sadly self self implodingness, and that needs to be something that is controlled if we want to go to where we want to go to as a football club. Unfortunately, until that's bettered, it's a myth, really and truly. Um, and then I started writing down notes. I look at some, and it's not just these players, but I look at someone like Ramsdale. I love, I love Ramsdale. I love his leadership. I love his rattlingness. I think he needs to improve a lot as a goalie. You know, I don't know nothing about goalkeeping, but there's even on 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 on, on uh, Wednesday. Sometimes he does well, but there's also shots that you think he could do a lot better. Sometimes he doesn't parry well. I don't think he covers his post well enough. I know some fans are onto him about penalties. And I look at Ramsdale and Gabriel because I think you lot could improve. But if Arsenal keep going in the next 18 months, two years to where I think we can go and we in an ideal world, their two areas, for as much as I like them, added that they both got bozo genes within them that that might need to be, both positions might need to be improved upon. 
um, really and truly. I think Ramsdale needs to improve dramatically, if I'm completely honest with you. Gabriel, I, I think he's had a great season, but in the bigger games, I need a bit more from you, not in terms of your, your application, but just being a bit mature in your performance as well. I think Zinchenko's a quality player. I don't think he's bad defensively as people make out, but I do think it's a bit overrated what he brings to the team. Um, it can't be overstated, but it's a bit overrated. We need to move past just our left-back creating things. It should be an added layer, really, and it's shown why sometimes you need more than just that, if I'm honest. I, I, I love Gabriel Jesus. I think he's upgraded our system. I think he's a lot. He's, he's well. I think he has the capacity to score goals. But evidently, that was the one cloud over Jesus's name. Can he score enough goals? And if I'm honest with you, as much as I like Jesus, I know some fans have been waxing lyrical. Arsenal fans can't go from talking about him being our signing of the season, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus and Zinchenko signings of the season in the Premier League slash for Arsenal, and then a couple of bad games. If that, they're all crap, they're overrated. But if I'm honest, it's feeling a bit like Lacazette right now, Jesus, you know, it's a different guy, same sort of thing. If I'm if I'm honest with you in that you're a great team player, wavy and that, but you need to score goals. And I do think you can improve in front of goal, be more clinical, get into goal scoring positions rather than just working hard. But I also believe that strikers are, I think you're just born to score goals. And I don't know if Jesus was born to score goals on top of just the wavy juggle Benito stuff. I've got a lot of time for Arteta, but like the players, there's obviously errors he's made. I think he's, as much as the players have thrown away this chance for the champs, I think he's thrown it away sometimes. And it's not just this last period. You know, when you don't sign certain centre mids and you rock up at Old Trafford with what we did, and sometimes you look at the changes he has or hasn't made in games, you know, Liverpool, West Ham, Southampton, City, uh, Manchester United last se uh, earlier this season... I think they've harmed us. So they're where he could learn. I think Arteta needs to learn how to manage competitions better when it gets to the knockouts, because there's always, like how we went out to sport in Olympiacos and Villarreal, whenever it's crunch time in Europe and you've got two fairly important Premier League games sandwiched either side, I think he starts to struggle. There's obviously been times his subs, not making subs and making subs has helped, but there are obviously things that has been done there. I think when you put your eggs all in this basket of the Premier League, you, you have to bring it home. And... Clearly, Arteta has shown that he has got a plan B, but there's no evident plan B if things are not going right. So I'd, I'd say that's where he needs to be. Granite Xhaka, for me, I think he's done great. I think we can't underestimate what he gives to the squad, but him as the eight, it's not going to take us out the hood, really and truly. Like It's not going to bang. Partey's been quality at times, but between the injuries and somewhat inconsistencies, I can rely on you two, but I don't know if I can rely on you. And I feel like you should both be part of the squad, and I don't want to see the pivot gone unless we get other alternatives, but... I personally think we've hit that ceiling now, if I'm honest. Odegaard, love the guy. think he's a great player. Lot of, a lot of potential. But at the end of the day, you've played 100 times for Arsenal Football Club now. You're one of the most experienced in the team. You're the captain. And I need to, I'm not asking you to shout anyone, but I need you to see you assert yourself a lot more, my guy. I need a games like at, 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 um, at City I don't, and Southampton. And you lo losing the ball comes with football. But I don't expect you to see you losing the ball that much and, and at crucial periods. I need Odegaard to assert himself a lot more and he's improved a lot. He's scoring some goals. He's performed away from home statistically. But it's these games where I need to see him assert himself. If I'm real, apart from scoring against Liverpool, I mean, assisting one of the goals against Liverpool, playing a part, you weren't missing. I need you to, to, to kind of get, get your act together right now, if I'm honest with you. Um, ultimately, I don't think we're good enough defensively. I think we've shown a new willingness to improve. I think we hit a real patch defensively last season where he's unhappy. I think the players want to defend. But I don't think we're a good enough defensive side, especially if we're going to rock up in the champs of things. I don't think we respect the art of defending enough for me, even in games that we've won and it's been relatively close, 
you know, re relatively one forward, uh, straightforward. You look at Leicester, la Leicester last year, you look at Leeds and Crystal Palace. Un you're never, you listen, you're going to concede goals. I'm not saying we're not, but these are cheap, unnecessary goals that are being given away, really. And even games we've gotten away, Aston Villa away, even games like Leeds as well, where Ramsdale and Gabriel away from home, where they're in the trenches. It's them sort of things there. In the same way, we're showing this willingness to attack. Not so much of recent, but this season we've been killing teams three, four, five. We need to want to keep these clean sheets. And whether it's dead ball scenarios, whether it's on the transitions, whether it's following runners, whether it's a individual mistake, whether it's set pieces, these are all things that we need to improve. And when I say defending, again, I'm not just talking about winning the ball back. It's how we dictate, it's how we take the sting out of games. It's how we frustrate the opposition, especially away from home. It's the play acting and all the shenanigans that come with it. You know, just a, a big part of defending is just being street smart. And nice guys in life finish, not last. And I hate to use the word too nice thing, but we're getting a bit nastier, but we're a bit too nice in that regards, really and truly. We're not going to achieve what we can achieve as this football club until that until that happens, people. Um, once again, we've excelled in terms of achieving our immediate goal of Champions League football. We've been there. We've basically in hindsight achieved that in August. But we've shown currently if there's an opportunity that is a once in a lifetime, like Liverpool found themselves with City, right now we can't take advantage of it. And I hoped that City can drop some points. But for me, what anytime variables are taken out of your control, that's where I start to somewhat give up. Let's just finish the season as high as we can. I still think we're young. But we're old enough to learn. And I personally, once again, don't think we're street smart enough. Uh, another uncomfortable conversation. I don't think he's done in that he signed a new contract and things like that. But it does concern me with what's going on with Smith Rowe. And I do think we need to learn when to nip things in the bud, uh, really and truly, in relation to potentially Lokonga, Fabio Vieira, Tavares, Jorginho, and anybody else, really, really and truly. And it made me think, I think our summer signings have been amazing, generally. But is it overrated? I'll leave that one with you. So, yeah, man. As a, and to go back to Odegaard, sometimes when you watch the game twice, and I do that a lot, I, I'm a bit more sympathetic because I can see what he brings. But I want you to be the pace setter, dictate the tempo, run the show. I want you to... I, nothing should reflect Arsenal more, excluding someone like Saka, who's come through our academy, than Martin Odegaard. You're the poster boy. You know, you are the captain for this. You know, you've got as much potential as Saliba, Martinelli and Saka and, and you're significantly more experienced. You know, experience, well, you know, when I look around our team, Benjamin White, you was called up for England before you before you signed for Arsenal. The same goes for Ramsdale. You was in two high pressure scenarios with back to back relegation. You know, Odegaard, you've been at Madrid, you've been at Sociedad. If we're a young team, there are some youth that have a lot of experience. And if I go to City, it wasn't. We looked inexperienced, whether you're old or young. We were, you know, they we were falling for their antics. We were losing our heads. We weren't being street smart and following runners. We weren't doing the basic components, smash the like button, people, that are essential, really and truly. And we need to get with it quickly, or we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, ultimately fall short of what we can do. So let's just hope we get going. Trossard was player of the month and he hasn't started since. It's mad. I hear that and I think Trossard should start, but I think Martinelli and Saka have been doing their job. If anything, Saka's still quietly been effective apart from the City and probably Southampton. No, he scored against them. City game. But I understand why they play. But I also don't understand why Trossard isn't playing. And to be honest with you, Trossard starting or not starting, I don't think that's the reason we've hit this blip. It's the psychological effects. It's, it's, it's not being able to cope with the pressure going into games and immediately doing things, not defending well, not killing chances, doing weird things as well. Like last 10 minutes against Southampton, that's when we're really putting the pressure cooker on and trying to score goals. 
end of the day, you know, West Ham, Liverpool, we started well, we didn't finish well. Southampton, we finished well, we didn't start well. City, we didn't start or end well. So psychologically, as much as it's about tactics and ability, we didn't get ourselves in check. And to, to kind of fall short at this final hurdle, it is upsetting, you know, but we've probably overperformed for most Arsenal fans. Who should be dropped for the for Chelsea after that last performance? I could, uh, do you know what? I could understand if Saka still plays and Martinelli and a part of me would still play them, but I do think Trossard needs to get a look in. If I'm honest, I think it would probably be for Martinelli because Trossard will come in off that left. But if it's based on the last couple of games, it should probably be Trossard moving over to the right, Saka holding the bench. Really, to be fair, Odegaard, Cook, Chelsea and Spurs. But yeah, I need a bit more, man. I need a bit more. I'm only, I don't know about anybody else, but I only asked, I, I, like, I only ask big things of play. I only ask, like, how can I make it make sense? I only ask stuff of players that I, if I think you've got it in you, like withholding, I only ask you to play to your potential. And I think he kind of has done that for all the good, bad. I think he's put in a bigger shift than people are giving him credit for, you know, compared to the concerns when Saliba was, was in, got injured. It's not enough, but yeah, I'm only asking big things from Odegaard because I, I effing rate you. I really do rate Odegaard as a footballer. You can go back and see my vids when, you know, when, when he joined in January and he was looking feeble. I said, listen, this is a baller, you know. We've really got something. This is a close thing I'm going to get to Meza Ozil. But because I rate you so highly, I need to see highly rated stuff. And again, I, I don't know about anyone else, but I read all the pre-game notes and all these things and I hear the chat-ins and I see the interviews. I need to see it transpire. So, yeah, man. That's who I think should drop. Yeah, defence went downhill after the World Cup. Do you think we have underused Jorginho in the running? Yeah, we probably have. You know, we was, you know, and that must, must tell me that Arteta is not 100% convinced on, on Jorginho tactically. But when he signed and we went, we read on, on Arsenal.com, Arteta, not sorry, Arteta's colleague Edu sat there and said, you know, we, we, we signed him to help continue our momentum. I was surprised how Partey just allowed Kevin De Bruyne to run off him all night and made little attempt to track him. Same, and that goes for everybody, really. Yeah, I agree. We need players to do it themselves instead of relying on someone else. And that was what annoyed me about City, because I wanted to see courage. That looked like Arsenal of old, where everybody's looking at someone to make the difference, rather than what we've been doing this season, whether we've made a mistake or whatever. People have just stood up to be counted. People, everybody has stood up. It looked like everybody wanted their hand held against, against City, and City will do that to you, but it don't make it any more acceptable. I agree on Ramsdale. He does madness at times, but then concedes old early goals. I think we need a calm head as goalkeeper. McGon is calm, cool and collected. I mean, I don't want to rub out Ramsdale, but if there was an opportunity of bringing in Mike McGon, it is what it is, man. Partey isn't good enough to cut, in my opinion. He went missing the other night, looked lost. I do think people are being a bit overcritical. I, again, Partey, I don't think he's been as bad as people have made out in these last games, but he has let the game pass us. But when you watch the games again, our midfield is a shambles collectively and individually. And part A is half trying to help build out from the back. He's trying to do what he's doing. And I'm not cutting an excuse because if you're poor, you're poor. But like, he can't do it all, in it? Defence wins titles, goals win games. It's the midfield battle in 90 minutes. And I don't think we, we've taken heed of that. And I think this season, this 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 off-season, sorry, Arteta is going to have to make some harsh decisions. Our midfield is not athletic enough. It's not dynamic enough in line with the present present day. And, there, you know, there's games that you can do what we're doing, but we also need other flexibility. Look, anytime there's physicality or, or you buck a team like City that are sensible off the balls, unfortunately, we struggle. 
can't deal with midfield runners. And again, it's been there. You go back to the Spurs game at the Emirates last year. Do you remember when Saka's dispossessed by Bentacle and what led to the penalty? It's seven against two with Son and Kane in the middle of the park. We've got seven players. We're very open. If you remember in the 19th minute in the dramatic win against Bournemouth where we've been caught against the run of play and Ramsdale's made a great save, we're disillusioned. Again, defending the transitions. Anytime we box someone like Kevin, that's a bit smart. Or you look at Lavia, you look at Onana, you look at Declan Rice for party's mistake. Anytime there's a bit of physicality, we look a bit mad. And these are the gears that we need to go up, really. So hopefully we can do exactly that. Kevin DeBrand has spoke about how Pep played two sixes. Yeah, exactly. Street smartness. Arteta's done a great job, but I think he needs to be more adaptable in some games, have a different formation, tactical setup when needed. Even someone like Giroud would be a good alternative option. If Saliba wouldn't rule out for the season, the table would look other. I'm not too sure about that, and it might, but ifs and buts are, are many different things. There are many times during our invincible run where if games went against us, you know, we might not have had that. That is football, isn't it? You're, we can't say that because even with Saliba, we could have lost these games if we play with we play like this. It's not as easy. I think it's I'm not saying you're wrong because I agree with it, but I think it's a very easy way of saying things like that. And to be honest, injuries happen, like it is what it is. If Arteta really rated Smith-Rowe, he would not have signed Martin Odegaard. Disagree. Remember, he dumped Pepe for Saka because he rated him right on the wall for Smith-Rowe. One love for the super chat. He tried with, with Caicedo, Zubamendi, and they even considered Alvarez from Ajax, but fan base at the PR, Jorginho was wanted. Our first 11 is all right. You know, it is a good 11, but it could be upgraded. And I don't think, respectfully to your opinion, you know, it's an all-inclusive platform. You know, it's not... Every, nobody's right, nobody's wrong. We can make our opinions, you know, without sitting here and saying everybody's wrong and everyone knows everything. I know everyone thinks they're smart. But I never said we'll close the gap on City. we got a long way to go off the field before we close the, the gap with them. I don't know the concerns when Saliba got injured have been played out where a leaking ship and it's dragged us down. Saliba's killed us in terms of him being injured, but at the same time, we're not a good defensive side, so... Saliba being out is probably just exaggerated things, you know, in the same way in an attacking sense, if Sakoli is missing or, or Martinelli or whatever, we can fill the gap, as we saw with Jesus. Why can't we do that defensively? Because we don't respect the art of defending, either that, or we don't have certain calibre of defenders, or it's a mixture of the two. Either way, it's not been addressed. There's other teams, you know, you take a couple of them defenders out of Brighton, they probably would struggle. But it's not going to be a massive drop-off. And you saw it, Brighton's still able to defend with selling Dan Byrne and Ben White. You know, Newcastle currently, whether Saar, Botman, whoever's in there, there's a baseline. We haven't quite got that, especially if Tommy Asu isn't fit. Isaac's doing a madness. I hope Smith Rowe stays, man. Going to give him time. Smith Rowe needs to learn how to be an eight. And I think Arteta, if you remember Brighton at home last year, he tried it, in it? Him and Odegaard with Lukonga sitting as a six. Obviously, that was dumb against Brighton. We got savaged. So, yeah, man. And that's what I mean. We, 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 there's only so much we can do of this we tried business. Like I, I respect it. I admire the we tried stuff. Big up Josh as well for subscribing via Amazon Prime on Twitch. Um, but we tried can only go so far, man. It only goes so far. And regardless of these injuries, we've had. There's been enough on that pitch to come home with three points against Liverpool. Saliba not being there is not why we didn't get three points against Liverpool. We started being silly. Same goes for West Ham. There was enough against Southampton. We didn't start the game well. City, I'll cut them some slack. I'll kind of allow you. But psychologically, if we turned up, you never know what could have happened. But we didn't. So we lost. 
I think it's a bit of a cop-out to just sit here and just talk about players being missed. And as I've always said, I've got a lot of sympathies for the manager. I've got a lot of sympathies for managers. I don't have sympathy with injuries. There's no such thing as a luck with injuries. Of course, you know, it's, dif it's difficult, but we've seen this story. We've seen it. 114 votes, but only 60 likes. Some of you got high bills. Come and tell him again. Smith Rowe needs to work on the defensive side of his game to take the Xhaka position. Fair enough. Elite talking points. Elite talking points. So, yeah, man, big up you lot. Now, I agree the defensive work and the pressure has been the reason we flopped late on, but the whole point of having levels, Benchman is being able to bring them on without a drop-off. And that's it. As much as we need curtain raisers, we need people that can come in and there's, there's, there's you know, the level isn't there. Now, Ake, in my opinion, as a non-City fan, you can't say, you know, Kevin's in great form, Harlan's in great form. So I can't say they're not the players of the season for City. But I think Ake is in with a shout. Now, Ake was brought to be a squad player, potentially a Kanji as well. But, and he's made himself one of the first names on the team sheet. But they've been able to cope to the point where he's actually probably keeping someone like Laporte out of the team. They've come in and plugged the gap. That's what we need. Obviously, it's easier said than done. I mean, you're allowed to think Arteta out if you want Arteta out. I personally think on the 28th of April, or 2023, if you want Arteta out, you're smoking something special, but fair enough. Got to want clean sheets. And I know the club recognised this because we saw the all or nothing where Ramsdale's smashing up the change room. But we've got to respect, big up Hector, we've got to respect defending. We've got to really, really respect defending. But the, the problem is, for most fans, they couldn't see this because when you win, for all teams, nobody gives them a monkeys. Nobody cares. It's only when you lose or you drop points, now people want to dissect performances individually and whatnot. And sometimes it's too emotional now. You know, these players are the best things since sliced bread, according to one week, and they're terrible now. I think some fans have been very disrespectful to Zinchenko, to Jesus, et cetera, et cetera. But football's an emotional game. I can't blame it. I can't, I, I can. I don't agree with it, but I can't understand why people come out with these things. You know, for all this Arteta out stuff, Arteta might show he's not the guy to, to, to take us beyond stabilising the ship. But a big reason as to why we're even in this damn thing is because of Mikel Arteta. Does the man have shortcomings he needs to adapt and address or ultimately he's going to stagnate against? A hundred percent. But the whole reason where we, we sit mathematically able to probably try and get 90 points if we get our act together is because of what we've been missing. Just like Saka could do a bit better, Martinelli could do a bit better, Odegaard can do a bit better. Arteta is no different. Arteta ain't done nothing in the game like that with the greatest of respect to him. He's shown he's got potential. But how do you reach your potential? By not only taking what you're doing good to higher levels, but improving what you're bad at. And for him, there's several things. Ake does have that bozo gene. I think it does go un un undetected, but he's patterned up in that regard. And he has been one of one of your best players this season. But that's the, that, that's the benefit of having a squad. That's the benefit of having a squad. And again, I do even think people overstate City's depth, you know. I think, you know, City do have great depth. And, well, you, well yeah, Pep done us dirty with some of the subs he was bringing on. But City players are very durable. The majority of them were at a World Cup. The majority of them have played a lot of games, still got a lot of games. Games coming thick and fast. Obviously, Pep is cute and clever with how he rotates. And when you've got players as street smart and as good as that, you're not going to see the knock-on effects. But people move like City have 25 players. It's really the same... 13, 14, 15 odd players. Yeah, I don't know why Party allowed himself to get gripped up like that by a Gucci model, but yeah, man. I think the team has evolved past Jacques Party and Jesus' starters. I'm not sure about two of the three he said there, but if you can upgrade, why not? I disagree. Some, I, I disagree. I don't think there's a single Arsenal fan that lacks ambition or progression. I just think there's a lot of, I just think Arsenal fans have a 
really tough time controlling their emotions. Expectations are probably unrealistic to where we're at, or they're just so on the floor that you're cutting excuses. Like man can get smacked seven. There's some fans you get smacked seven nil. Oh well, previous years we would have lost set, we would have lost eight one. So boy. Hey, DJ, keep making these honest videos. We're building a great team. Let's continue to trust the process, but we do need to get rid of certain players holding and co. I agree with you, but for me, I do trust the process. I don't blindly trust anything. I, I, I like to comment on what I see. I'll put my hands up if I'm wrong on certain things, but I don't, if I believe in something, which I believe in what we're doing right now, because for once you can actually see the talking correlating on the pitch generally this season. I need to see things because there has been naiveties that we've done. We shot ourselves. You sign up for certain. You sign up for where we find ourselves with the lack of defensive options when you don't bring in certain players in the market. We signed up for any errors we have in midfield. We've known since when we brought in Thomas Partey that we've needed a couple of midfielders and we've not addressed it. And although we've brought in some great players, you know, there's still some teams get it wrong, isn't it? Really and truly, and there's been a number of them. Arteta got it right for 29 game weeks. If he can get Gundo and some plan B players to come off the bench, there's got to be a bright future for you as a club, as much as it hurts me to, to say. I mean, I'd love Gundogan, but having achieved everything you've achieved at City, especially if you win the Champions League, you might want to sign for Arsenal, Premier League, London. You've worked with Arteta before, all of that stuff. But does it make sense? With you being 30, 31, 32, surely you go either back to Germany, maybe Italy, probably to Spain, play on the Xavi, try and earn some peas. I don't know, man. So I'm not too sure, really and truly, if I'm completely honest. So all depends. Big up the Twitch gang, man. Nice to see you out of your numbers. No football IQ. Go look humble. That's not nice. What did I do to you, mate? I feel Arteta has transmitted his respect, love and fear of Pep slash City and Klopp Liverpool to the team. That team was too fearful and respectful to Liverpool and especially City. I'm still Arteta in. I agree with you, but I also think... I do think in the modern game, players have their hand, generally for all clubs, players have their hand held a lot more. But I also think, you know, there's only so much Arteta can do. You know, I do think there's evident shortcomings, which evidently we've been discussing. But I think there's a degree of the players have to manage themselves. Arteta can't play and, you know, you need to get yourself emotionally in the game. I do think Arteta's probably briefed you tactically on what he's tried to do, but the players have got to go out there. You know, the, the players should be playing with no fear because City have been... You know, City are top, well, they're about to be top soon if they win their next game. But I'm sure if you ask the City fan, there's been some Premier League games that they've won or on paper they've won convincingly that were a tougher ox. Crystal Palace away was tough. You know, it was a lot tougher at the Emirates for them than it was fundamentally lost. But it was a lot tougher at the Emirates than it was at, at, at the Etihad. So, you know, is it Arteta being naive and transmitting fear or have the players also playing with fear? And when I look at the first moments of that game with the indirect penalty shouts and the, and, and the lack of invention, you know, the lack of ideas, the, the dodgy passes, you know, Ramsdale flapping that one. You know, there was an incident in the second half where Gabriel's telling Ramsdale to come out. He's not coming out. Man are scared for themselves. There's only so much the manager can do, man. The new era, in my opinion, will be defined by keeping your best players and not being a stepping stone club. Gundogan would be a dream. I feel he'll go abroad, though. Whatever happens at the end of the season, I'm still proud of this young team. We are keeping up with City with not even half the budget and experience. I'm proud, proud, but, you know, pride don't go much, don't do much for me. So, good. It's definitely the best season Arsenal have had of late. So, on that note, yeah, but as I said, it's really much, it's really Coach Carter stuff. And I'm sure the players would be disappointed. Not too many footballers could say they've won league titles and trophies and stuff. So when you find yourself in the dynamics we have, it's disappointing. And as great as City are and whatnot, we have capitulated ourselves. And I genuinely believe that's because 
we've not taken heed of the lessons we've needed to learn, especially when it looked a lot more positive as a football club and we was in a lot more form. Smash the like button, people. There's over 100 of you and we still haven't got 100 likes. You lot are doing the guy dirty. Twitch gang, you lot are amazing. I think it's the players playing with fear. Manager can lead yourself. Obviously, Arteta's probably shook as well. Kirill signing was puzzling because we could have surely got a more experienced centre-back, especially when we are eight points clear. There you have it. And I think the players don't understand the margin for error and how every point, you know, like we can't go back in time, but one has to imagine, you know, definitely the games we've dropped points from, from, from winning positions, Liverpool away, Southampton away, you know, West Ham away, two of those three sides fighting relegation, Brentford is making games harder than it needs to be. While I love the dramatics and it happens in a season of Leeds away, of um, Aston Villa away, of Bournemouth at home, these things or negatives in that game, they've cost us now. And football's a weird game. Sometimes you go through a stage where you deserve to win games and you sometimes you win games you deserve to lose. Sometimes you lose when you deserve to win. You know, sometimes you get exactly what you deserve. Sometimes you snatch a point, but sometimes you get what you deserve. And definitely against City, we got exactly what we deserve. Yeah, I also think this was our season to grab it. I hear that. Do you think it's because of the lack of depth why Arteta plays and makes the shit. I don't think he fully trusts everybody in this team. And I think he's he still plays with a mental handbrake because these players have that aspect of self-capitulation. But at the same time, if I praise Mikel Arteta for the squad you've assembled, you know, you, you have to take the blame for it because you've seen this. Since you've signed, you've seen how what injuries do for us. So, yeah, we could say if, if Saliba was fit, if Tommy Asu was fit, fair enough, I could accept Saliba's. But what I would say is if we did our job in the first leg against Sporting, Saliba doesn't have to play in that game, you know. And with Tommy Asu, I love the guy. I love what he can bring across the, the, the back line. But one criticism since the man signed here, you can't bet on him fitness-wise. So we can cry about injuries. Some teams have had it a lot worse than us. Some have had it a lot better. So, again, I don't have sympathy for injuries in particular, unless it's a madness like seven of your first 11 are gone and that goes for every manager really holding seems rashy charges in and leaves huge gaps maybe Saliba does the same but we would defend a lot better with Saliba but I can't say that Saliba in means we beat Liverpool it means we beat West Ham it means we do something against City I know every player that we probably play a lot better I know every player that doesn't play is the Messiah but I don't think it's as simple as Saliba plays and these things happen because when Saliba's been there as much as he's a good player we've shown this immaturity and this defensive nonsense at times because we don't respect the art of defending even Gabriel and Saliba individually as good as they've been this season they're still exposing themselves as young centre-backs and collectively sometimes not following runners sometimes not taking authority I think as you've seen with Saliba and Gabriel and actually Gabriel and Holding players run off them too easily it's 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 off the ball that the struggles are especially for Gabriel that's the goal to the next level the likes have been smashed if you smash the like button then one love man hope you win the lottery if you haven't Dramatic high bills. Arteta seems a bit dogmatic. Would have loved to have seen him play party over holding either right back and move White to centre-back or just at centre-back or J10 versus City. He's kind of damned if he does, damned if he doesn't, because you unbalance the team. I would have, you know, again, I wanted him to go over back four, but eight minutes into that game, or in fact, even less than that, for those of you that was part of my watch-along, you could see, listen, we need to probably go three at the back, except what's happening to us. It's peak right now. You know, there's a lot of space. We're very naive. I do think the players are challenged. I, I, one thing I like is our players want to be better. I think they've got a hunger to improve, a hunger to want to be better, a hunger to intake what Mikel Arteta is trying to teach them. But 
it's just not enough currently to go even beyond the level we're at right now, if that makes sense. Should have started three at the back with TD, Gabriel White, Pop, Jorginho, party in midfield. Who knows, man, because we could have done that and got slapped, man. We have ourselves to blame, as was the case for the past couple of seasons. Sad, but we need to move on from Tommy. I wouldn't move on from him yet, but I, I, I do want some durable players. Stone, bro, Stones is a bad boy. City, when we call you in the summer, Stones ain't that good. Harlan's, you know, Harlan's great. Alvarez ain't that good. You'll not be saving money if you sell Alvarez to us. People are overreacting with Partey. He was poor, but he does the job of two men. Xhaka should have dropped deeper and played alongside him to help with De Bruyne's runs behind him. I hear that. Arteta's done a great job, but I think he needs to be more adaptable in some games, have different formations, tactical setup when needed. Even someone like Rude would be a good alternative. I'm, a, I'm in full agreement. Pardon me, that's why I was mad they didn't sign Caicedo in January, but the club sold the majority of the fan base. Arteta wanted Jorginho. Listen, Jorginho's got some qualities, but it's not levels, isn't it? Like, I don't doubt Jorginho. I think it's a decent signing. I weren't really, really for it like that, but I thought right, I'll get behind it. But yeah, man. That pivot needs an upgrade. Big up, DG. Appreciate that. Trevor, where you been? You've been missing. I still think White's future is at centre-back. So do I, man. But I do think he looks a lot better and more mature at right-back. And I think he, I think his characteristics right now... I do think he wants to defend. But I think... I don't know. It's not a disrespect to White. But it seems like he's on this five-a-side thing. And I think it's a... I do think he'll go over to centre-back soon. But right now, you need to show you can, you can help us. And we need multifunctional players. You know, you look at City... Some players in the game, a bit like Zinchenko, he's unofficially a centre mid on the team sheet. He starts at left back City. A lot of their players are moving. They're going from a flat back four to a three at times. You know, at times it was a flat four from City. Then it went to a three. Then they went man marking. We need to be able to do these sort of things. But that all comes with improvement defensively. And it's a bit it's a bit being street smart. Like, I think it was Haaland's goal. Or no, it was Kevin De Bruyne's. You know, we've lost the ball. Kevin's made the run and everybody's pointing at, at someone. If that's City, it might not be your job. A left winger might see that, what's going on in the middle of the park, just follow Kevin De Bruyne, cut it out and then give his players an absolute bollocking. It's that sort of thing. And games like City is where you need to do a lot more. I think Arsenal does need some big players, though. It's something we lack right now. We have a great team, but we don't have big game players. I think we've got big game players, if I'm honest, because we've got a great record against the top six this year. But the added, added level, boy... Stones got, got, I think he means Slade when he moved to City when he was still young. Bro, Stones is lit, man. What people fail to understand is that Pep had most of these players for a number of years, so he knows how to use them effectively. Look at City, for, so look at Leicester City, for example. Everyone remembers the stars of Mares, Kante, but the unsung heroes like Cambiasso added a wealth of experience to get over the line. Was Cambiasso there? When, I swear Cambiasso, he weren't there when they won the league, was he? I'm sure you bust out. I, I could be wrong, but I'm sure you bust out before they won the league. I'm, I'm going to see if I stand corrected there. Yeah, he weren't there when they won the league. Still, he cut out. DG, what lineup are you going for with Chelsea? I think we need to try Kirio. I mean, emotionally, the league's gone, so you might as well give people opportunities. But I don't want City. I mean, I don't want Chelsea after not winning seven games or something under, under Lampard. I don't want them to get our first win. There's small hopes of a title charge. Again, it's done. But I want now my focus is just can we get can can we focus on trying to achieve 90 points as a football club? Can we get ourselves out of this rut now, which is four games without a win for a variety of reasons? Can we get ourselves up for, for a game at home? 
And I just think we're, we've shown this season that we're an improved defensive side, not a good defensive side. We've been shipping goals of late. I understand giving people opportunities. There's every reason for a lot of players to be dropped, but I don't think there should be widespread ch choices. You know, Kirio, not a thing right now. Tierney Zinchenko. Ben White keeps his place. Unfortunately, Holding's going to have to play. Gabriel plays. Ramsdale plays. You could bring in Jorginho, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be against Martin Odegaard, Partey and Xhaka. Again, a lot of players could be dropped. I think Martinelli should keep his spot. And if anything, Saka should be dropped for either Nelson or Trossard, probably Trossard. I'd keep Jesus in there, but I wouldn't, again, if Enketia, Tierney, uh, and a couple of Nelson and a couple of players got opportunities against Chelsea, you wouldn't see me complaining. To be honest, Jorginho playing against his old team, that could be right up his street and what the man needs. <laughs> Cambiasso is an unsung hero because he weren't even there. This is how people make up their in there. Nah, I see the point, but I knew he weren't there, man. Oh, fair enough. Oh, yeah, Game of Thrones. Now I know what you're getting. Arteta's not learning at all. Come on. I still think old habits die hard and there's certain lessons that you know, like in life, you know, life is going to, you know, life is going to keep giving you harsh lessons until you take heed of the information, really. But, and I think Arteta has that, but you can't say Arteta hasn't learned. He's been, you, you can't, like, we've gone from wherever he was last year to where we are now. You can't say he hasn't learned, like, there has to be balance. The money, money isn't everything. It's a big part and money's a luxury, but you have to prove why you're using it because, but if that was the logic, you know, as much as people waffle about how much City are spending, well, Chelsea spent like 600 million. What have they done with it? We've spent, not like that, but we've spent peace. United have spent peace. Spurs have spent peace. Everyone's spent peace, really and truly. What are we saying? Even Liverpool, most of their signings worked, but then they spent 50-odd on Naby Keo. So psh, City are bullies and people can do what they want, but it's a cop-out. It's a big, big cop-out. Nah, I'm not putting part A right back, man. I'm not putting him right back. Like, we can't. Like, we're going to further unbalance the team. Unless you're going to go to a back three, boy. And I understand, you know, he wanted to stay true to what brought him here as well. Like, that's, that's why I said before the game, I think Arteta was damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. If he goes out there, he's night and he wins, he's a genius. The players have showed bollocks, blah, blah, blah. If we bottle it like we did, we're naive. If we go there with a back three, oh, we're scared. We thought about City too much. If he wins, he's a genius. I do think where the problem is, you know, you could have started a three out there and saw that a back three weren't 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 the answer and changed it. Just like you could see back four was not it before they scored their first one. It was brazy, you know, and I think that's where Arteta, obviously he's the manager. There's been times he hasn't changed things and he's and he's left it and it's worked. But I must admit, as much as I'm fond of Arteta, there's sometimes and he knows a lot more about football than us. But there's a number of times I'm watching the game. I'm like, Arteta, can you not see what we all see? Like what's going on? Why do you think Arteta doesn't want to go back? Go back where? Go back where? I'm not sure on the answer on, on the question, my guy. If Arteta had gone with a low block, 5-4-1, I could understand, but he didn't change anything and we were so open. That's my issue. He didn't change things when it became apparent. I don't know, because I think he would unbalance the team, if I'm honest. But then again, back three, won us the FA Cup. Uncle Pye hasn't had over 30 games in the season since we signed him. I'm not surprised he's getting tired now and losing form. There's very few players, there's good players all around the Arsenal team. But I would say, unfortunately, there's very few players that I would say I rely on. It's I'd more lean to the young players. There's players that I trust. You know, there's very few players I rely on, if I'm honest with you. 
I know Saka has gone off the boil, but Saka would be one I rely on. Martinelli be one I rely on. More for Xhaka's mentality, I rely on you. Part A, I rely on you because of your ability. But asterisks next to their names. Gabriel, asterisks. Ramsdale, asterisks. Benjamin White, asterisks. Jesus, asterisks. Zinchenko, asterisks. Tierney, asterisks. Odegaard, asterisks. Like, I believe in you, you lot of guys, but there's not too many I look around and, like, undoubtedly, like, do you get? And the two names I said are young. White is too aggressive at centre-back. As he gets older, he could relax and be a really good centre-back. They got Modric. I don't know what him being injured, but, yeah, Man City are going to have to do a madness. What is the issue playing Smith Rowe? He deserves his chance. I think he deserves a chance, but let's be honest, you know, again, it's... It's bad news. It's bad news if you're. It's, it's bad news this season if you're in and out. If you're on the fringe of Arsenal's first team, because the vast majority of the time we've been doing our job. That's why I said when we look at Fabio Vieira, him joining Arsenal, he joined Arsenal at the best and worst time. Worst, best time because we're moving forward as a club. Worst time because you're not taking Odegaard's spot for the last majority of the season. Xhaka is rebirthed in that eight. You're not. You can do the wide right thing, but you're more of a wide playmaker. That's not you. It's a myth. So yeah, find yourself with that. Really, I don't know for six specific days, but you'd have to allow me to go on my Excel sheet, man. But let's start with Zima Mendy, innit? We got bullied guys by a great team, we just have to suck it up. Why? And I agree and disagree because I don't think we can just sit there. I think I'm not saying you, but I think it's defeative. You can't just sit there. I know it's not the same, but and I we didn't win the Champions League, but I've seen my team rock up at the Bernabeu with a makeshift back four. I've seen my team go to the Champions League final where we've been the underdogs in almost every one of those games. So if we had that mentality that we couldn't do anything, even the talking points when we went to Inter Milan a few years ago and on resourced them, I say a few years ago, you know what I mean? Football's football, innit? At the end of the day, you know, how many times do we see some shocking results? Belief is the is the first key in it. And ultimately, we still would have lost if we believed in ourselves against City, probably, but there was no belief. We've lost three times against City this year. But why are we so mad about the one at the Etihad? Because there was no belief. There was belief at the Emirates. There was belief at the Etihad in the FA Cup. And that was actually a rotated squad. So as much as it was about tactics and all of that jazz, I think when you look at that game, in hindsight, it, mentality among just Pep being street smart and thinking about us is mentality. If you don't believe, you've got no chance in life, really. Hey, DG, you and I were pro Isaac. That's worthy mentioning him. Bro, Isaac, to see what he did yesterday, he's sourcing, isn't it? He's finally starting to fill up. It's been a minute, DG. Hope you're in good form. I'm on leave today. Really happy to be able to tune in. Appreciate you still recovering from Wednesday's result, but proud of the progress this season as a whole. Can't believe this Vieira guy tried to chip the keeper three times in one half and the keeper was on the line. Boy. Is what it is. We have progressed, but no one at this club should celebrate second. And that's it. Gabriel, every player was nervous, man. Jesus has not made us worse. Come on, man. Come on. This is like you can have question marks over Jesus, but come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. By all means, question the guy. Question if he can be the nine for us. Jesus has made us worse. Jesus, really? Like, are we even genuinely believing what we're saying? Fair enough. Everyone's allowed an opinion. If that's what you believe, that's what you believe. But come on, bro. You don't believe that. You're way too smart to believe that. Come on, man. Come on, man. Seriously, come on. Come on. Please. We really didn't have a good Jan transfer window, knowing full well we were short from the start of the season. In hindsight, probably needed a centre-back, in it. 
I get the belief we just look gassed out for the last five games. We look mentally tired anyways, really. And I just think we've this season, as good as we've been, we've got an inability to control 90, like to, to find a base level of performance across a 90-minute stage. Even games, even games we've lost. You look at Old Trafford last year, we didn't start the game well. Obviously, the trajectory of the game could have been changed if Martinelli's goals goal was given. But there was a time we was all over United. Malasia was on toast against Saka. We didn't win it. So even times where we haven't done well, there's been better and worse moments. Even times we've won games, Bournemouth and, and Aston Villa, a lot of the things that have that you see in this last four games, they've been our Achilles heel. They, they've been there all season, genuinely been there. But the problem is, I'm not saying you, when we win, nobody cares. Nobody cares to look at certain things. Jesus has made us better. Just think we need an Osman and let Jesus share right wing. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Jesus has not made us worse, but he's not a top striker. That's fair. People saying Jesus has made us worse have short memories. F forgot about lack of threat. DG, I just want Raizu, Bermendi, Hoysland, Fresnadar. I think you mean Le Nomad. Could bring them all in, but I don't think we're going to see beer signings like that. Jesus is one of our best, just needs to score in my... That was the whole carrot. Jesus was going to take what made you a vital squad player at City, and now you was going to become the go-to guy and show us that you have the capacity to score goals. I think you've got the capacity to score 20 league goals minimum. And for your ability, um, Arteta is saying, while we scored a lot of goals, we need to get to 100. As a club, I think you've got the case to chip in, but at the end of the day, you haven't shown that. What's the most he's got is 13. So I'm starting to think, you know, especially because for me, if we could do it tomorrow, I'm trying to, not no disrespect to Jesus, I just think we need a different profile, number nine that is more physical. I'm trying to do that tomorrow. And I'm starting to think it's, we're going down the Lacazette territory or what ultimately cost you at City could cost you here in that you bring in a couple of attackers, Jesus is great, you'll get a lot of game time, but like you said, you'll find yourself playing up front, but filtered over to the right-hand side, etc., etc. So, Jesus has to get with it, that was the character, he's going to be given a platform, that's why I'm not too sure if Arteta is going to even go for a forward, but we'll have to we'll have to see, really. Definitely bring in Tross, I think Trossard starts for me, I'll probably drop Saka, but I'm saying that, ask me on Monday, I'm probably not going to drop Bakayo Saka. We just need more physicality in midfield. We need a, a different option up front. And we just need to be more street smart as a team beyond the others, man. And it's difficult. You can't just expect one guy to make the difference, man. You can do that game to game, but it's probably un, unsus, un, um, unsustainable to expect that consistently. And Jesus has actually been very good since he's come back from injury and started starting. But ultimately, we need more in it. We need more from across these four games. There's not a damn player I can say I don't need more from. If there's any player that can say in the minutes they've played, that is, apart from the subs against City, but generally that has given it all and couldn't have done better, then you need to take Arteta's job because clearly you know something he doesn't. But I don't think a single player can do that. I do think there's elements of complacency and things like that. With our record in Europa not being good, do you think... We should have. We should stand the chance. We we should stand the chance of getting past group stages next season. Right, Arsenal need to get out of the group stages. I don't care who you get. You need to get out of the group stages. The number of times we just passed to a blue shirt, shirt is what ended us in combination with our dis with our defensive liabilities. I would take Mount. You know, I know it's not a popular decision. Provided other areas, you know, I don't think Mount's a bad player. I don't think he's the answer necessarily, but I think we could do a lot worse. And I don't think he's terrible. If I'm honest with you, brutally honest with you. And I think Jesus' issue is 
not really i wish i could combine just eddie and ketty has been even though he's kind of changed the eddie and jesus in the sense of eddie wants to stay in the box sometimes i think we need jesus to stay in the box but also i think you know there's a reason you know we can't act surprised there's a reason when peppers described uh jesus he's described him he's described him as a defensive striker and things like that and for all of jesus's quality He's never been described as a goal scorer. And I think against Liverpool, taking off Jesus, even though he's working his way back from injury them times, it cost us, really and truly. We need to get out of the group stages. It's a minimum, really. Apparently, we are going to be in pot three in the Champions League draw from what I heard, so not looking good. I mean, got to get through it somehow. Hopefully, we pay off who we need to pay off. I think that's about 60 million guaranteed if we go past the group stages of the Champions League. Uh, if we look at some of the talking points, have I missed out anything here? What's this? This is nothing. Uh, David Ornstein's confirmed Saliba is going to miss the rest of the season. Again, I don't think anybody is surprised there. What's going on here, man? Apparently, Champions Arsenal's qualification for the Champions League is set to be worth around 50 million at least, with that figure then rising depending on their progress. The increased revenues will not be will not all be converted into transfer fees for new signings as the club's wage bill will rise as a result of Champions League related clauses in first team contract. We need to get five players of quality in the summer. Jesus also goes down too easily. He twice went down looking for pens late against the Saints, and both times the ball came back near when he was sat on the floor. I hear that, but I, I need him to be like Lacazette and search for pens, man. We need to be a bit nastier. Anyone surprised about Salibra? I don't know. Come on, Twitter, man. What's going on? Why is everything freezing? Okay. Apparently, the feature of Edu's time at Arsenal has been the intensive preparation for each window. Club sources have cited their ability to quickly pivot to other targets in January, such as the Andrew Trossard evidence of preparation that goes into each transfer period. I'm not knocking it. I respect it, but I'm not going to praise us for that. You should have alternatives. You know, Trossard had one one foot out the door at Brighton. The Mudrick thing didn't happen. Go and, go and make it. Previous years, we have shown an inability to do exactly that. So I praise Eddie for that. But in terms of just being a competent team, doing competent things, I don't think that's praiseworthy, if I'm completely honest with you. What's, what else have we got here? Last season, the four English teams in the Champions League made an average of 88 million each as a result of their participation in Europe's primary competition. In comparison, the winners of the Europa League, Frankfurt, made around 34 million. So you can see the piece. So, yeah, DJ, I watched your video on that right back and you said you'd prefer Fresno. Though. I could, could I ask you why? Just seen a bit more of him. I just think, I, for me, it's like what I read about Fresno Dari's mentality. I think that's what changes it for me. But would love, I think you're talking about, I know Martinez of Genoa and obviously Fresno Dari. Arsenal's hope in January was that they would add Caicedo for the remainder of this season and then add Rice in the summer. It was not a case of one or the other. Arsenal also showed an interest in Everton's or Nana in the January window. So, I mean, if Lavia in Southampton and Onana and Everton go down, we can go back in for that. And I don't think we get Rice and Caicedo just because I think another club will pip, will pip us to it. But in terms of an eight and a six, you need both. And if Arteta wants both of them, it'd be great, in it? But we need to, we need both. We need, in midfield, we need, there's no eight or a six. You need to get both of them. And we've been knowing this since party. Thankfully, in hindsight, we didn't sign our, but if you remember, we was doing all of that. And if Partey never had a release clause, he doesn't sign for Arsenal. If you remember how that, that window went. Declan Rice is known to be a top target for Arsenal this summer. Arsenal wanted to sign Caicedo in January before then adding Rice in the summer. It is understood Caicedo, who wanted to move to the Emirates, remains on Arsenal's list of potential targets. So we'll see. 
Every player needs a compet every position apologies needs a competitive player pushing to start. We are too nice as a team. We need to learn to be nasty sometimes and start developing dark arts on the pitch. It's one thing to go down looking for a pen, it's another to stay on the deck whilst the boys live and pinging about in the box. I agree with you. Arsenal should grab Madison on the cheap for Odegaard. Wait. Not, no one is surprised about Saliba. Allegedly, Romano and Caicedo said he actually agreed to sign for Arsenal in January. According to Fabrizio Romano, Caicedo actually agreed terms with Arsenal in the January window. That's nothing surprising, but you need to agree the transfer fee with the club. Romano said on the situation for Caicedo, I keep going with the English clubs. Arsenal made a bid of 70 million in January that was rejected. They really wanted the player and they agreed terms with the player, but that didn't happen. Let's see if Arsenal return with an official bid, but the interest is still there. Logic suggests that Arsenal could go for Caicedo again this summer and get a deal done, but sadly it may not be that straightforward for the Gunners. Indeed, not only does Caicedo remain an incredibly expensive player, he's also since signed a new deal with Brighton. Of course, Arsenal still are still much richer and much more prestigious than Brighton, but in modern football, dealing with talented young players and their agents can be incredibly difficult. Arsenal may have to go back to square one if they want to try and close a deal for Caicedo at the end of the season, people. Uh, apparently, Nicolas Pepe, Arsenal's record signing, is regarded as unlikely to feature for the club again. Arsenal will make around £6 million through the sale of Pablo Marito Monza, provided the Italian club re avoid relegation and Marie plays the required amount of games. And yeah, what did, how much did we sign him for? He took an L there. I think this is just the same with Caicedo agreeing personal terms with us. Everyone agrees personal terms. Do you know how many transfer fees, transfers, sorry, fell? Apparently, Ornstein was asked if Arsenal could sign both Declan Rice and Caicedo. And apparently he's responded specifically. It illustrate it perhaps illustrates that Mikel Arteta really wants a prominent signing in there to help this squad going forward. So I'm really intrigued to see in which direction they go. Many Arsenal fans are asking me all the time. We know that the interest in Rice is strong. We knew in interest in Caicedo was strong, but I don't know which way they'll go or if there's there are other options. There has to be other options. I don't think they would go for both, given the costs involved. Let's see, because those clubs have to be willing sellers. I mean, Ornstein and Fabrizio Romano saying very conflicting things, but nobody nobody really knows. Arsenal are holding internal discussions. I assume this is about, I was about to say Declan Rice, but about Mason Mount, people. Allegedly, Arsenal are considering the England man as they look to add depth to their quality in midfield people this summer. We'll have to see. And he's, you know, if I skip ahead, I definitely got it somewhere. Declan Rice is drawing interest from just about anyone. Liverpool, Man United and Arsenal, as well as Bayern Munich people. So we're going to have to monitor that. And he could be, his agent, if he's doing his job, could be leveraging that to get a better deal with Chelsea. Arsenal prepare for Declan Rice swoop, despite David Moyes claiming it would take an English record to sign the West Ham midfielder. With the club also eyeing summer moves from Moses Moes Caicedo and Mason Mount. Declan Rice is the top target. So that's, you know, if it comes to it, that based on what this is said, that tells you we'll probably accept Rice and go after alternatives. Arsenal are set to step up their bid to sign Declan Rice this summer as the 24-year-old approaches the final year of his contract with West Ham. For the 55th time, Rice has been has long been has long been understood to be Arsenal's top target for the upcoming transfer window, with Mikel Arteta not the only Premier League manager to be outspoken of admiration for the midfielder. Scrolling all the way down, despite Rice's deal at the London Stadium expiring in June 2024, David Moyes is resolute that his club, that his captain apologies will not be leaving the club in in for a cup price fee in the summer. Blah blah blah. Get to the major parts when we've seen this all the time. 
According to the Telegraph, Arsenal prepared to renew their interest in Caicedo this summer as well. And we're looking at, at not only Declan Rice and Caicedo, but Mason Mount. So we'll have to see. Apparently, Arsenal have reached out to Chelsea and held exploratory conversations regarding him. He's in his final year. They'll probably have to sell him in the summer. Once again, West Ham are apparently demanding 100 million. Now, as the summer goes on, they're going to have to be a bit sensible. Previously this week, De Declan Rice's manager, David Moyes, has admitted he could go. Um, He'd be missed by any club, so any club who didn't have him would miss him, and we certainly would, partly because he's a big part. But I hope somewhere is that Deck thinks this is the best place for him to be, and if someone doesn't come up with the right amount of money, it will continue to be the place he is as well. The club have made that pretty pretty plain, but I hope we can continue to get the best out of him. So we'll have to see people in relation to that. Keeping up the theme of West Ham and Arsenal, apparently they're interested in 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 uh, Balogun people. We'll have to see how that goes. Balogun, who wants to be a first-choice striker, and he also, as we know, Leipzig don't want to pay the asking price, but Leipzig, Inter Milan, AC Milan are all interested. We'll have to watch that space closely. Kieran Tierney's been linked with Man City, so if Pep reckons he's good for the system there, why don't you, you Artel, if that's the case? City explore conditions of Kiriti. They've been linked with a lot of left-backs. They've been linked with Robertson of Fulham. They've been linked with Aaron Hickey. You can play right and left-back of Brentford. They've once again been linked with Tierney and probably some others. They have missed Zinchenko, really. And obviously, Caicedo leaving has probably made that worse. We've been linked with Zaha again, people. Salary, salary request could give Gunners edge. Apparently, the Gunners have made contact with the 30-year-old's entourage. Arsenal wanted to sign the Crystal Palace star in the summer. Um, it's been further discussed on RMC Sport. He's also drawn interest from Marseille and Paris Saint-Germain, and his agent has offered him to both people. Arsenal are interested in acquiring him. Marseille are unwilling to meet his salary expectations, and obviously Arsenal could offer him a lot more. I think the boat sailed for, for Zaha personally, but if Arteta wants it, why not? We all know Pepe's days are numbered. This is an article further displaying that he has little chance of playing for Arsenal again, and we know that, especially with his comments that he made recently as well. I mean, until we, you know, Declan Rice and Guy say they'll need to be reporting to London Coley, such as all these rumours. What's this? We've been linked with Rafinha again. Apparently, Barca will let him leave for 55 million. Newcastle, Spurs, Arsenal have all been once again linked. Apparently, Xhaka was furious with Ramsdale giving the ball away against City. Everyone should be furious with their teammates and themselves because no one put in a shift. AC Milan are seriously considering signing Arsenal playoff for free this summer. Once again, Reese Nelson has been linked with another club. Clearly, contract talks haven't progressed as of yet. Um, apparently, Arsenal are looking at Pedro Neto in relation to providing competition and, and depth where Bakayo Saka is on the right wing. The only thing I would say with Pedro Neto is his output isn't the best and he's had two big injuries despite his young age. So it all depends on the price, but I'm not against him. Uh, apparently coming out of France, there have been a lot of debate about Balogun's future and his price tag. But personally, I can see that, that link between Arsenal and Marseille being used again, perhaps in the form of a loan or a loan with an option or an obligation to buy. It'd be a good experience for Balogun, but it also gives Arsenal at least a semi-guarantee to be able to cash in on him. Whereas other clubs might not yet be ready to pay top dollar for a player who's had just one successful season in Liga, as impressive as he's been for Reims. Fair enough. I mean, if Balogun wants to leave, fair enough. Cut in it, but... Would like him to stay. For what you can see here, Arsenal Sporting Director Edu has reshuffled his department with Jason Atto appointed Assistant Sporting Director and James Illis promoted Head of Recruitment. Fair enough. That's just come out. What's, should we see this in the athletic? Please don't be jargon. Big up my guy. Oh, my guy. 
Uh, Arsenal Sporting Director Edu has reshuffled his department with Jason Eto appointed assistant sporting director. So that must mean we can deal with the workload a lot better. And James Ellis promoted to head of recruitment. Apparently, the Athletic previously reported that Eto and Ellis were both set for role changes at the club. They will support Edu in their new remit, working across the men's and women's team as well as the academy. And obviously, uh, you know, Edu, uh, sorry, Arteta and and the woman's boss. Well, if, if I can never pronounce his name, their roles changed last summer. Edu's become a sporting director. You know, the Cronkays become co-chair. So this is further con confirming the reshuffle and things like that. Ellis has come a long way, you know, he was a first team scout and now he's taking on great responsibility. So yeah, off topic, that's that people. We've seen that already. We've just seen, we've spoken about that. I mean, we need a right back. Munier of, of Borussia Dortmund allegedly wants to leave and he hopes Barca will make a move for him. Is that something we could consider? Uh, Gnabry's been linked with a move away. I don't think there's a need for Gnabry. I want Gnabry. I don't think there's a need for Gnabry. But nonetheless, Bayern Munich would listen to offers for Gnabry this summer. The player has not made the decision yet and is not in talks with other clubs. Gnabry is not happy in Munich. He's one of the top earners and is highly respected within the team. I mean, Sane, Mane and Gnabry all been linked with moves away. Apparently, Bayern is very open to sell at least one winger this summer. As reported in the case of Gnabry, the club would be open for suitable offers. Gnabry has not made a decision yet. No concrete talks with other clubs, yet he's not unhappy. Yet he's not unhappy in Munich. Fair enough. Once again, Mason Mount's interest is growing in acquiring his services. And we have allegedly done stuff in relation to that. Arsenal could follow up their interest in Ivan Fresnadar, the Real Valladolid right back. Arsenal's recruitment team put in a considerable amount of legwork in their assessment of Fresnadar in January with a view to a possible move in the summer for the 18-year-old. And check out the other vids. He's previously spoke about how he watches European football and he's rating what Arteta is doing. Jonathan David, a striker that's been linked with Arsenal. Apparently Bayern Munich are among several European top clubs keeping tabs on Jonathan David. Nevertheless, the club has yet to identify their targets concretely for the summer. Liel want around 65 million. Good player, but I don't know about that. I can't lie. Apparently this is our new kit now. Leaks are one thing, but Take my money, Arsenal. If this is it, this is wavy. Take my cash, man. Take my cash. I'm going to get all the kits, but yeah, take my money, man. Take my money. Take it. Have it. Have it. Uh, let's see what's being said here. PSG are plotting a mega £120 million euro offer for Bakayo Saka. Leave it out. Arsenal have joined Aston Villa in the race to sign Openda. I mean, he's scoring a decent amount of goals in Liga, so it's it, the 23 year olds obviously going to draw a lot of interest from a lot of clubs. We joined the race for Ryan Gravenbeck. Kante is not leave, looking to, to move on from Chelsea in the summer. Yesterday, we saw reports that we've agreed a two-year deal. We're pushing to sign Zaha. Low. We're interested in Victor Rook. His price tag's been revealed, 35 to 40 million. Newcastle are confident they'll sign Tierney. Arsenal could sign both Declan Rice and Mason Mount this summer. That hand-holding thing, what's all of that? We've targeted Mason Mount. We've sent scouts to watch Zubamendi and Robin Lomad of Sociedad. We're keen on signing Missouri who's probably just been linked with us because he's a right-back and not playing at Bayern Munich. We're fighting Newcastle over the RB. We're ready to splash £100 million on De Declan Rice. AC Milan and Leipzig are looking at Balogun. So, yeah, people, we've offered Nelson a deal, but he's been linked with clubs, been linked with Neuhaus. We're still in the race for Vlahovic. Half of this is nonsense, as you lot know, people, but the dream is free. The hustle is sold separately. Big up Charles Watts, but that think piece is madness, man. So, with that, that appears to be the latest news views Gossip, rumours, all of that good stuff, people. Latest transfer news. Sorry, people's making a timestamp. So, yeah, we're back again. What else are we saying, people? Sorry for that. Another Pepe. 
Zaha, nah, bro. Jonathan David is a no, is a no go. Bring Gnabry back once a Guna is a Guna. Coleman is the guy who won off off Bayern. Gnabry was shocking against City. Neto will be in A and E. That's harsh. Neto has scored and assisted zero. Has sorry, has assisted as much as you and me this season. Zero harsh. Hundred million for Rice. Joke. I reckon Balogun is what we need next season. I mean, I'll give him a chance, but you're very similar to Eddie and, and Jesus in terms of stature. We will not get Rice, I swear. I'm tired of Chelsea players coming to Arsenal. They do nothing for our team going forward. To be fair, we've got Eddie on a free. He's doing all right. We talk about buying six, five or six players every year. We just need team bodies and on the line. I can only think our midfield needs a push and get physical. Probably need a lot. So, yeah, man. It is what it is in that regard. You're doing, man. Ivan Tony would be welcome. But again, I think Arsenal have to be comfortable with the fact of whoever you're trying to get, it's going to cost bread, in it? Like, and all of these players are going to be wanted by everyone. And nobody in theory wants to sell good players. We don't want to sell good players. West Ham in theory don't want to sell their guys. Brighton don't want to sell their guys. Everybody's got a price in it and everyone's going to be looking at everyone. So we're get, the better we get, we probably have to get to that scenario where we have to have our very own Van Dyke or Allison, if not positions where we probably at the time overpay. Or the, the, the footballing world has said you've overpaid. But if they do the job, honestly, it doesn't matter, does it? You've only overspent when a player isn't doing their job, essentially. And that doesn't matter. You know, we over the same way we overspent for Pepe is the same way we overspent for William and Marie. Yes, one was significantly more. But William came on a free with big wages. We signed Marie for like 15 million, not doing the job. Any signing that don't do their job is expensive because we're paying things that shouldn't be paid. You know, Cedric as well, it did not bank. As much as I think Edu and Arteta are rewriting the sins of previous regime and signings do go wrong, they've made their own errors. Of course. So, yeah, we're going to need to do a lot better in that regards, people. But who knows, man? That's the glory of it. We're never going to know. On that note, though, it's time for me to get some lunch. We've been here for 90 minutes. I appreciate you lot for tuning in. Please make sure you smash the like button. Make sure you're following. Check out the other videos. Stay blessed. Stay safe. Twitch gang, make sure you've got your note, your notifications on. We will be playing Football Manager at some point today. In fact, I might play within the hour still um, or whatever. So, yeah, on that note, you lot stay safe. Stay blessed. One love. <laughs> I was like, I was I felt I felt bad when I see a couple of questions. No one's talking about Grealish. I told you Grealish would be good. Last year, Grealish fitted in. He didn't stand out. And Grealish had to relearn football, really. Willock is bossing it, man. I wanted him to cut, and I still think he should cut, but it shows why he should give people time. I, I hope Tommy Asu and Smith Rowe's time isn't up, but if the same things are continuing, then to a degree, the better we get. We have to be a lot crueler to be a lot more kinder to ourselves. I'm worried about Gabriel and anyone versus the top sides, as long as we keep being naive, really, even games we've won. I hope that's all the questions. I did. I didn't. I didn't feel right. I didn't. I didn't feel right. Realistic. Sorry. Realistically, how many of our good low knees do we keep for the first team when they return? I mean, technically, Alfred Conkey could be third choice. I like what Charlie Patino's done at Blackpool. I think you should go on loan again. Balogun's probably the one. Brooke Norton Cuffey's had a mixed time, but he's probably gonna have to go on loan again, especially if you bring in Ivan Fresnadar for 20, 30 million. Uh, Balogun's probably the one pushing the most, but again, will he stay? Will he go? It's stick or twist. 
DG, what do you think Rice will go for? I mean, West Ham are going to sell him to the highest bidder. As conservative as 60, conservative as 60 to 70 million, all the way up to 100. It's what you can negotiate. He's got a year left. So I think Arsenal will do what they did with Mudrick in that. We'll go as much as we can, but at some point we'll move away, which is great. Go after all of these players, but make sure you've got alternatives because come the start of the season or the end of the transfer market, I don't want to hear we tried. I need to know there's an eight and a six and any other things that we need really and truly. But nobody knows, man. What's reported in the press and what's actually the fees are completely different things. As I said, I didn't want to leave anyone hanging, people. I didn't feel right cutting out. Now I'm cutting out, so I apologise if I've missed anyone. God bless you all. Stay blessed, stay safe, stay in good health. I'm really out this time. Like,